0: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Hockey Podcast. This is Reed, joined by Viz as always. Viz, it is the best time of the year. Um, We are still two weeks out of the NFL draft. I'm just kidding. But no, we actually are two weeks out of the NFL draft, so everyone's going to shoot themselves uh, trying to read Mel Kuiper's garbage mock draft which you can't read because it's insider protected and no one's paying for the insider subscription on espn but let's get to the important part that makes this the best time of the year and that is the hockey playoffs are here the nhl playoffs are here i'm pumped that it is must watch television hopefully you have the golf channel because (laughs) you're gonna have because a couple of game fours are gonna be on the fucking golf channel this year um nice move nbc Nice move. Um, All right, so Viz, let's get right to it. Uh, Before the season started, our playoff, do you have written down our Stanley Cup? Uh, No, I don't. I mean, my prediction was (laughs) Calgary and Tampa.
1: Whoops. I feel still pretty good about Tampa, not to spoil our picks here, but uh, despite them not playing as well down the stretch, I still feel pretty strongly about them. Yeah, I don't know what series you want to start with. Um, we'll just work our way through all of them.
0: Yeah, let's get the um, let's get the ones that we probably don't have to touch too much on out of the way. I think. Uh, let's start with uh, Nashville, Chicago. Dude, Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Chicago isn't in the playoffs this year. Um, Nashville, Colorado. Listen, it was. It's actually incredible that Colorado made the playoffs after I think they had 47 points last year. Mm. Um, they were historically bad and Nathan McKinnon is 1A in my MVP ballot right now. I don't have a vote in it, unfortunately. Um, And they get the the beauty of matching up with Nashville, who is The best team in the league um i expect this to be at most a five-game series i expect nashville to win Uh, i think there's too much depth up front for colorado to handle i don't completely trust jonathan bernier in the postseason mainly because we don't have any track record of him in the postseason to really like work off of or at least anything credible to work off of and I think again, Nashville's blue line is once again the best in the league. It seems like they have the best, the deepest forward group, and the best and the deepest blue line group. And rene ha- and UC Saros have been next next level good this year. So,
1: yeah, I'd also be surprised if it goes more than five games. I mean, it doesn't take anything away from Colorado. Or it's a remarkable year, but. I mean, you have McKinnon, and then, you know, you have Barry on the blue line, and after that, it already gets kind of tough. I mean, if I have them, I think you have to play Barry about 30 minutes a game, and it's not like he's God's gift or anything, but he's very good. Uh, The one spot Colorado could maybe do something is uh, on special teams. Last uh, 25 games, they're at 28% of the power play. Uh, 82% on the penalty kill, which was uh, second in the league in the power play, seventh on the penalty kill. And for the full season, eighth on the power play and fourth on the penalty kill. Now, Their expected goals on the power play was actually dead last in the league. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. Um, Probably some good shooting luck, but uh, probably part of it is too, they're getting some, they're moving the puck very well too. But Nashville's, probably the clear, I don't want to say clear favorite to win the Cup, but I, I'd say they're the favorite. And, you know, they played four times during the year. Nashville won 4-0. Only won one in overtime. They outscored them 17-8 to in those games. They outshot them, even though they were killing them in most of those games. I would say Nashville is probably, I don't know, 80-plus percent to win the series. And it's one of the most lopsided We've seen in a while. I mean, this team is just ridiculous, top to bottom. You don't have any negative players anywhere, really. Um, you know, maybe Yemelin or something. But it's it's so it's someone who's gonna be playing ten minutes or less. I just think the depth is gonna be too much for Colorado to handle, unless you know McKinnon just goes nuts problem with that is nashville doesn't even need to really match up with them they can just throw so many different bodies at them it's almost going to be impossible for mckinnon to have a good matchup
0: yeah um that's why i like nashville very very much so
1: yeah i mean i think this is the most lopsided I mean, I think New Jersey's pretty lopsided too, with Tampa or you know Tampa being the favorite. But I think this is on a little bit of another level, just because you know Varlamov is the type of guy who can get really hot, and Bernie did have a stretch this year, but I have a tough time bleeding and believing in him, and no Eric Johnson either. I mean, they're going to need so much to happen. I just—it's so hard to even imagine Colorado winning the series like I yeah said, i'd probably pick nashville in five i generally don't like picking sweeps but i could definitely see this being a
0: sweep yeah i could definitely be see it being a sweep too and by the way it would not be a fit this colorado is just playing with house money as soon as they got 70 points on the season they were playing with house money in my mind um they were expected to be nowhere this year, and they're in the playoffs. So, again, if you
1: ask, like, a casual hockey fan, uh, how many people are they going to name on Colorado that that aren't on the top line? I think they're going to struggle to name one or two. And I know that's not, like, telling the whole story. Like, some of these young guys, uh, you know, Joe Skirfoot, even Andrew Ghetto, you know, they're solid players, but I don't think people know them and it just you, know, you talk about Nashville, and people know half the roster not just because they went to the cup last year but because they have half a roster of not elite players but close enough they probably do have i don't know eight elite players maybe more like the team is just stacked and like you said it, it takes nothing away from colorado's year The biggest thing for them is, you know, McKinnon took the jump that everyone was expecting to happen at some point, and there was nothing – you know, he was a 50- to 60-point guy, and then boom, it happened all at once. But uh, it changes your franchise going forward, having a player like him and trading Duchesne, getting Ottawa's first-round pick um, next year because there's no way Ottawa's going to give it to him this year. But uh, just a massive win of the year for Colorado, no matter what happens in the series
0: um all right so let's go in my mind the next most lopsided series uh winnipeg minnesota um i know you mentioned tampa new jersey but i, I think this winnipeg minnesota series is going to be ugly i, I think Winnipeg's is going to win it in five it's another one where if it was a sweep would not be surprised one bit um winnipeg is deep they have the they have the deepest forward group in the nhl um they have arguably the best forward group in the NHL. They've been getting outstanding goaltending from Connor Hallebuck. They have very, very good serviceable defensemen on the blue line. And Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler can take over a series at any time. And Patrick Laine is still there. Right. Um, The finish Ovechkin. So, and the big one, the reason why I think this is I would normally say it's a six-game series that Winnipeg would win. The reason I'm at like four four and a half, five games at most, is Ryan Suter's out. Um, He logs like 29 minutes a game for Minnesota. That's a lot of ice time. And Jared Spurgeon is not 100% healthy. Their blue line is banged up. It's, it's going to hurt. And Devin Dubnik is going to have to stand on his head. And if you look at postseason track record they're not he doesn't have the greatest track record in the world in the playoffs. That's not to say he can't change, but he just doesn't have the greatest track record. So I think I think Winnipeg wins it really handily and then both teams get any norm both Nashville and Winnipeg get a colossal amount of rest for when they stupidly Stupidly have to play each other in the second round.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so tough to just. Well, you already know my thoughts on the playoff system. It's awful. Um, but, you know, the one spot where uh, Winnipeg's vulnerable, I think, is on special teams, actually. Like, their penalty kill finished uh, ninth on the season, but they're actually dead last in expected goals against. And, you know, they kind of showed the last 25 games they were at 79%. In Hellebuck, it is his first playoffs you never know how that's going to uh go with these young goalies and if they do if he does struggle they don't have anyone else to go go to it's certainly not steve mason and you know minnesota can match their depth fairly well i think Um, but the top end guys they just last a little longer on winnipeg Uh, you know eric stahl's had a tremendous year and i think they're going to try to match him up with these line as much as they can so I think Ehlers and uh, line a are gonna have to carry them a little bit but uh, as far as the season series when it was three to one uh, Winnipeg uh, Minnesota actually outshot them and you know they were Winnipeg was boosted they won five and 13 on the power play over the four games so that obviously helps a ton they actually scored a lot more goals down the stretch of Winnipeg. So, you know, that is, that is an encouraging thing. But uh, Minnesota does really well at five on five, you know, especially the way they finished the game. They actually had the, the best expected goal percentage over the last 25 games. Uh, there There is some upside in this team. And I think if, if Soder was playing, I could – make a somewhat compelling argument that they have a legitimate chance as of now i'd say they maybe have you know maybe one third of the time they could win this but it's just so tough to to see what they're going to do i mean spurgeon's going to play but it's going to be his first game in a while him double and Brodeen are going to have to play i don't know 27 minutes each and that's going to be brutal against you know a winnipeg team that throws three lines at you um yeah, I, I just think what St. Louis did last year, is they kept finding the right areas to sit in, and they they give up a lot of shots in bad spots. Uh, the Wild, the, the Blues kept getting into the high leverage areas, and that's how they made their success during the season is Minnesota generally keeps people the outsides, and their system more than anything helps Dubnik not face, they face low quality shots fairly often, but the Jets are so good at getting to where they want to get to, and without Sutter, it's, I think it's just going to be too much for them to deal with. And I would still probably say six games, Winnipeg goes, into Minnesota wins the sixth game there, but um, yeah, it's, it's a tough spot for the wild because, again, they should, these teams shouldn't be playing in the first round either, and you lose your top guy that probably dropped them five plus five to ten percent with their chances to win the series in my mind
0: yeah i agree um okay so now i think we're gonna just do order based on what we think will be the shortest series to the longest series um we'll go tampa new jersey here um we both like tampa a lot in this series like Again, the thing though for New Jersey is they have Taylor Hall. He is my one B in terms of the MVP the Hart Trophy uh, ballot. And we made the we were talking on an earlier podcasts about how who was going to win the Hart Trophy, and it pretty much came down to if Colorado made the playoffs and New Jersey didn't, it would be McKinnon. If New Jersey made the playoffs and Colorado didn't, it would be Hall. If they both did, it's just one of those two, and I don't think anyone else is in the discussion for it uh um, bo- both of them made it so I, I think it like that should be your one and two in whatever order yeah. you want right you could yeah exactly um you can, go, you can go whatever way you want to go with it i'm not
1: going to argue i i would probably go mckinnon but i could see a very compelling case for hall too like it's neck and neck it's to me i mean it's like the rookie of the year thing in basketball i don't care which one you take they're both amazing we should don't don't discredit what the other guy did just because you want your guy to win. Uh, they, they were both absolutely incredible in there? That's why they're the two biggest surprises that made the playoffs. But I I mean so I guess you, your argument with the Devils is well they won 3 all against them in the regular season. Uh, the only one was in overtime, and they they won all the games by a goal. But uh, you just hope Taylor Hall just remains a. Uh, a buzzsaw. And Vasilevsky did struggle a bit uh, in the second half of the season, or at least, you know, the last 20 to 25 games. So, you know, that could be a deciding point. You know, they also finished the season tap of a 28th on the penalty kill. But, again, they were six in spectacles, so they had some bad luck there, too. Uh, but... The Devils had two top ten units, so I I think that's where your hope is if you're a fan of the Devils is you just somehow get a bunch of power plays. uh, Hope that your penalty kill can somewhat limit this power play, which I have my doubts on because Tampa's power play is ridiculous. Again, it's like with with, uh, Colorado, you know, when Hall's not on the ice, I just think they're going to get rolled. It's a simplistic way, but, I mean, it's all it really takes for me to think about this. Like, I don't know how they're going to try to match up people, what they're going to do, but I think, you know, this This one I kind of have a tough time seeing pe- going past five games, too. I like, I feel pretty strong. Devils will win one game. It'll be a five-game series, but I, it's hard to see anything more than that in my mind.
0: Yeah, I agree on um... Uh, Like, I expect Tampa's power play to just be disgusting. It is disgusting. I expect it to continue that way. Veselovsky did struggle towards the end of the season, but... And I'll say this about New Jersey. Same thing we said about Colorado. This team was expected, I think, to finish dead last in the East. Like, no one predicted them to do anything this year. As soon as uh, Nico Hischier played well and they got, what, 80 points. It was considered a massive success for the season. They're in the playoffs. They had 97 points this year. Like that is a ma- that's a col- that's a huge success for a season for them. Um I'll say this, they don't have a lot of um big they have outside of Taylor Hall. They really don't have too many big name players. In fact, no. they have like none. Outside of shire, but I he mean, was just yeah. the, fir- the only reason he's a big name player is because he was the first overall pick. Right. I mean draft.
1: those two, those two and Paul Mary are very good, and after that, it's just such a drop off to whoever you think the next best guy is right now.
0: I'll I don't say know this: if it's
1: Patrick Rune, I, I don't know. I mean, Grabner's been really bad there. Like, I don't know who you would put as their fourth best forward. Like, it drops off harder than. It does in Colorado, and that would be your argument of why Hall should win MVP over McKinnon.
0: Um, so when I look at Nashville, or um, New Jersey, and I've said this multiple times, they play with speed. That's a team that still likes to get up and go, and it could be a very high-scoring series. I almost yeah, expect possible. it to be a high-scoring series, like almost – bet the over on most of the games because i expect listen i still expect taylor hall to get his i I, he's just that dynamic of a scorer and a player that he'll still get his the problem is the rest of the team he can't be on the ice for 45 minutes of this game it's going to be a problem when he's not on the ice i expect him to get like 22 minutes of ice time a game I expect them to just keep rolling Taylor Hall. I I would I would even take the over on that to be honest. Like they're going to have to play it. He's going to have to play a ton, but they like they're not slow, like it's not like Tampa's just going to outskate them. No, it's going to it's going to come down to skill level and, and
1: and that's why they've had success too. I mean, it it's not because they're out shooting teams. I mean, they they were 21st in Corsi on the season and or no 27 sorry in 26 over the last 25 games so even though they got really hot at the end they actually weren't doing any better puck possession wise i mean the three games they won against tampa the shot attempts tampa had 70 more so it's not like they're not going to outpossess anybody it's can they get decent enough goaltending in this series it's going to have to be very good goaltending and keith Kincaid is starting is to begin with and um I can't he doesn't applaud, have yeah, he, I can't he doesn't have the track record. Goldness. No, exactly. And but I th- I think he has been better than Schneider at least
0: you know the last this,
1: month or two. It's Not even close. So yes, like I kind of applaud Heinz for going with them. And yeah, you just have to hope that you can sneak a few breakaways. Like you know, if Girardi and Colburn both play, there's your liability. You hope that whoever's out there, Grabner, Wood, someone else. Can sneak a breakaway and score it and just turn the game that way. I suspect there will be one game that Tampa just dominates at even strength, but the Devils find a way to win it. Uh, like, again, with, like same as Colorado, and I keep loving them two together, but they're in a very similar spot. Um, be happy with how your seasons went. Be encouraged, you know, that, uh, yeah, Hishire didn't let the, light the world on fire, but he had over 50 points, and you could see an easy progression into him. Going into another level next year, and you know you have a ton of cap space. You just hope to plug, you know, a few more holes with your young guys. You know, you need another defenseman for sure. You know, the Vatten trade has worked out. I think very well. He's played great. Uh, But yeah, losing to Tampa is (laughs) no insult. I mean, for over half the year, they looked like the the prohibitive favorite, and. They still deserve to be mentioned in, among the elite.
0: Yes, I, I agree. Um, let's go to the next series, which will probably be not the longest in the world. And I don't that,
1: know. See, this is where it gets uh, right. Right,
0: and I say that because I think every the next all the series all that we're five, talking yeah. about are either six or seven games. And I'll, I'm going to bring up the one that I think has a shot at being, like, five. Uh, Pittsburgh, Philly. Yeah, that's fair. I think, is the, I think is the next one on our list here. Um, now, talk about wanting to bet the over. I, I,
1: Pittsburgh scored five goals all four games they played against Philly this, this year. But, uh, two of those even were 5-4 overtime games. So, I mean, I just don't see any way Philly can slow them down no matter what they do. You have an awful penalty kill. Uh, they don't have the depth to match up with Pittsburgh. You know, the top guys can match up very well, I think. You know, Couturier has caused Malkin problems in the past, but now the problem, you know, they used to match up Drew uh, against Crosby and Couturier against Malkin, and they had some success with it, but they're not. They're on the same line now, and they're not splitting them up. Not after Drew had 102 points on the wing. So... It's gonna to be tough, man. You're counting on Nolan Patrick having a big series. Uh, whoever else they want to match up with Brassard. I mean, Filppula and Letera just haven't been good. Like I, I just think the depth of Pittsburgh is gonna overcome. Um, you know, Philly. I mean, do you have a compelling case for the Flyers? I mean, to me, it this seems pretty clearly Pittsburgh. Although, I guess you could see. The top guys from Philly just being so good that maybe they have a
0: chance and you're banking on Matt Murray to stay bad. Yeah, you have to bank on Murray not, like, flipping the switch immediately and the the forwards just swarming. Because, I mean, let's call it what it is. Pittsburgh's defense core is not anything that's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. No, I, I no. wouldn't even call it, like.
1: I mean, it's above average, but it's It's not.
0: above average. Are you, Are we going to call it good?
1: I mean, based on the athletics game score stuff, it's ninth out of 16 uh, in the playoffs. They actually have the Flyers guys better than Pittsburgh, uh, which is a little – it's kind of interesting. But I don't hate it. I think Gossisper and Littang are pretty similar. And then, you know, Pro has got a pretty big edge over – Whoever you have second, be it Mata, Schultz, or Dumoulin, so I guess I can I can see that.
0: Yeah, and Philip like I, we talked about, uh, how New Jersey plays fast. Philadelphia plays fast too. Like they don't they don't slow down all that much. They they run and gun, and they have the depth to run and gun. I know Pittsburgh still has Crosby. That's why everyone still likes Pittsburgh. They still have Malkin. They still have Kessel. I get that. Um, To me, it's going to come down to does Pittsburgh get the same like secondary scoring that they've gotten the past two years? Right. And I like I think they will, but not as not in a way that says, OK, they're they're going to win the cup. I think they're going to be in a tough if Pittsburgh wins the series, they're they'd have to play Columbus or Washington. I almost like the winner of that series to beat Pittsburgh in the second round.
1: It wouldn't shock me. I mean, like I was, like we were both saying, really, like usually Pittsburgh can beat you based on their top end guys, but I don't think they could do that here. I mean, I'd say you know Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Latang isn't really much better, at, not this year at least, than Kucherov, Voracek, Gosses, Bear. So if Honestly, if I'm Philly, I'm okay if I can break even at even strength with those guys, and I just hope that our power play runs hotter than theirs. Um, again, you can have next and zero faith in the goalies. I mean, that's part of the reason why I think this is going to be a high-scoring series too.
0: It's going to be They're, a great series to watch.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that that's the first game tonight, and uh, that'll be great. I mean, as far as goaltenders go in the playoffs, is there anyone? I mean, these might be the two worst the way they play.
0: <laughs> I mean, Bernie Bernier and
1: paid obviously belong in the discussion, too. But, I mean, Matt Murray's falling off so hard, and, I mean, Brian Elliott is just whatever. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he gets pulled at some point. Actually, maybe think of a thing or a different question. I mean, how many times do you think, or how many backup goalies do you think we're going to see in this playoffs? Because I really think the number is going to be in double digits, at least once. Like, I just see so many teams just getting wrecked in a game and then the backup coming in. Or even, like, on a good team, like, Holpe could come in for Grubauer, or...
0: Yeah, I... Okay, so Holpe
1: comes in for Jones. Like, I just think there's a lot of situations where i think we're going to see the backup goalies more than usual
0: yeah i i agree um i'll probably put the number at like so again 16 teams in the playoffs one i mean a
1: couple of them they'll lose early and they'll never do it because they won't get like blown out anywhere but i mean i think we're going to see at least half half the backups probably more And, and i'm not talking extended maybe you know they come in for most of the game because the, the team goes down three nothing early or something but yeah i, I just i don't know I, I think you know basing up off how this regular season's gone with so many goals i think you're going to stumble into some games where teams are just getting blown out of the water you're like if tampa goes up four nothing on new jersey and the end of the first period or early second in a game we're probably going to see schneider and God forbid, you know Nashville. You know you have sorrow, so it wouldn't be surprising if they gave him some time at some point too. Like I don't know, it, it's just a gut feeling on my end, but I'm hoping the playoffs are like this regular season where it's called proper or is close to properly, so we get a lot of power plays and the goals stay up.
0: Yeah. Um...
1: So how many? I mean, how many games would you pick this? Series, the game. I think
0: six. Yeah. Um, I think the games in Philadelphia are going to be tough for Pittsburgh. I, I, think, I think Pittsburgh will probably win the first two, then Philly wins game three, Pittsburgh wins game four, then Philly wins game five, and Pittsburgh wins game six. Th- that's kind of how I see this going.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably – I might honestly go with the five, but I don't feel strongly about it. I mean, it
0: that's why I said it has the potential to go five, but I think it still will go six. I think Philadelphia has been playing really well the past two months mm-hmm. to where like they could write it in. Pittsburgh's also been playing really well, but. Yeah, I mean, I think they deserve some credit for playing
1: well defensively, <laughs> even though they don't really have good goaltending. The season, you know, they were decent across the board, but you know, 26th in save percentage the last 25 games, yet they still won 14 7 4. I I think the blue line is better than they get credit for, Uh, better than I expected them to be, too. I mean, even McDonald stinks, honestly, and Brandon Manning's fine, but at this stage, Proveroff. Has made big strides, and Gosses Bear has really moved into like the elite category. And Gudis actually is okay, and Sanheim has helped. So I, I think that's your hope if you're your Philly. Your defense actually holds up decent enough. Your studs cancel each other out, and you get good Brian Elliott, and they get bad Matt Murray. But I, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's fairly big favorites, and that was a good call on the next one because now these next four series I don't think any team is more than say 60%. Um, if I had to pick what I think is the most likely winner out of the next I guess I would say Boston, but I don't know if you want to do that one now or save that for the last. I, I think
0: I think that to me that'll be I think I have one more I want to get to and then we can get to Boston. Okay. um so the one I want to get to and it might surprise some people it's a uh, Vegas and la on um, so this is interesting Vegas hasn't been world beaters since February 1st and if I'm uh, remem- not at all and if I'm remembering the statistic right they are 31st in the NHL since February 1st in terms of uh possession. If I need to remind you people, 31st seems pretty low. That's because it's the lowest. It's last. It's worse than the Sabres. It's worse than Ottawa. Worse than Detroit. Worse than Montreal. Worse than Arizona, Vancouver. You name it. It's worse than all those teams since February 1st. And those teams all sucked at the end of the year. Except Arizona. Arizona actually played pretty well uh, at the end of the year. But that's besides the point. Um, Vegas hasn't been great. Or hasn't even been all that good at the second half of the year. Uh, Jonathan Quick in the postseason, the Kings listen behind Drew Doughty and Jake Muzzin is hurt. That's the and it and the um the fast break, the transition game that the top line of Riley Smith, uh, Marcia Show, and William Carlson have for Vegas. The transition game doesn't work as well in the playoffs. Teams lock it down in the postseason, and one of those teams that I would expect to completely lock it down would happen to be the LA Kings. And Jonathan Bernier, or not Jonathan Bernier, Jonathan Quick has a really good track record in the postseason. Um, he's played pretty well this year too. marc Andre Fleury does not have a great postseason track record. Um. To me, I think the Kings win this in six. If it goes to a game seven, I don't see how the Kings win in Vegas in game seven. I, I don't. <laughs> um, but the Kings still have Dowdy. They still have Kopitar. They still have Quick. They still have guys like we we joke around Dustin Brown, but he's been like a second coming this year. Um, they still have Jeff Carter. They still have Tanner Pearson. They still have Tyler Toffoli. Like they still have weapons up front. And yeah. Drew Doughty is that good to carry a blue line? He's, yeah, gonna, I mean, be, he, he's, he's gonna be. He's playing 32 thirty minutes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's playing. He's playing at minimum twenty nine minutes a game this postseason. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm picking the Kings as well, but I do not feel good about it at all. No.
1: So both these teams honestly sucked down the stretch now their records weren't so bad the last 25 games uh Vegas 13-9-3 the Kings 7 or 15-7-3 sorry but uh, in terms of expected goals for uh Kings were second last 30th uh, the Vegas was 27th uh, you know percentage wise 23rd and 28th uh, they they both limped down the stretch big time and you know they missed some guys you know, Riley Smith missed some time, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're, neither of these teams are really good possession teams, and you know that's very rare. I mean, the Kings have been a possession powerhouse for the last decade, and you know they finished nineteenth on the season, twenty-seventh, or excuse me, seventeenth on the season, twentieth, uh, under fifty percent in terms of Corsi. So, you know, where do the Kings have an edge? Well, they finish first in the penalty kill early season 85 percent which is just nuts and 89 and a half percent the last 25 games and it's they're really not that fluky i mean they were third in expectables against so they're a very very good penalty killed team and the power play is you know average where vegas is probably a little above average in both but not too great now the good news for them is L.A. took way more penalties than they had power plays, where Vegas was a plus. So if you can keep generating power plays, even against the Kings' great penalty kill, you're going to score some eventually. Now, mostly the reason why I like the Kings is I think Kopitai. I mean, Kopitai would be third for my hard trophy. I know there's a lot of talk about Giroux. I can understand it. But his supporting cast is way worse to me in L.A., and that's why I would go with Kopitar. I feel like his line is going to neutralize uh, the Marshall Show, Carlson Smith. And once you get past those guys, uh, whatever combination of Hala, Tuck, Neil, and Perron they want to go with uh, for the second line, I don't, I don't know. I, I like Carter, Pearson, Toffoli's chances of, of beating them or just breaking even and they're just going to have Dowdy out there so much. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say, you know, they've been there before, but they have. I think the goaltending is about even, but I also think there's way more of a chance that Fleury falls on his face than Quick. Again, I don't, I don't feel great about this one at all. I think it, this is pretty close to 50-50. Um, I mean, where I think the, the uh, Golden Knights do you have an advantage. When Doughty's not on the ice, um, I, I feel pretty good about Miller, Theodore Schmidt, and McNabb as my top four. I don't feel good about anyone past Dowdy and Muzzin. I don't feel good about Forbert. I don't feel good about Alec Martinez. I don't feel good about enough Not in this not in these specific matchups when there's so much speed on, you know, the opposite sides, especially on Vegas' side. So I don't know, I'm just I'm still having a tough time buying in uh, to Vegas at over the last two months, I mean, I know they've been so far in front that it, they didn't have to push, but the underlying numbers were there to be in the first half of the season, and now they're not, and it worries me a bit, and I've never trusted Flurry, and I have a hard time doing so still, even though he had a great year.
0: Yeah. Um, it'll be an interesting s- series. I think there's just a level of, like, experience that yeah, I, I mean, here I run. I can't.
1: The thing is, I, you know, I think a lot of people would slightly. I think more people are going to pick the Kings than not. Maybe that's wrong. I mean, I think Vegas probably is a slight favorite, actually. You know, having home ice and their home ice is going to be absolutely insane. But I, I don't know. I, this is a match. Of, it's so tough for me to see either of these teams making a run, honestly. Like the problems have been there for the last few months and i I, well i really have no clue in the ducks shark series i flip flopped in my mind a couple times i feel like whoever does win that series is probably gonna make the final four and play nashville or winnipeg
0: yeah i agree um okay so the next series that probably will be the <laughs> least closest. We have three left, right? Yeah. Um. We have, yeah, we have Capitals,
1: yeah. Blue Jackets, Sharks, Ducks as mentioned, and then Bruins, Maple Leafs.
0: Okay, so then we're gonna go Bruins, Maple Leafs here, and I know that a lot of our listeners probably are the most interested in this one. Um, I mean this is this is the best matchup. This is this ever is, ever. is well, yeah, it's the best matchup in terms of points and seeding itself in terms of like. Yeah,
1: they're the two best teams playing, that play each other in the first round. Yes. I
0: mean, to me, I'm saying I think
1: the top tier is Nashville-Winnipeg. Um, I I could see putting uh, Boston and Tampa with them too, and in Toronto would be right behind them with, uh, with Pittsburgh probably. So, I mean, this should be high scoring as well. You look at these teams and, I mean, my God, Toronto's power play is absolutely disgusting last 25 games 36 and percent on the season 25 percent number one in expected goals for in the power play it's not really a fluke um, I, I mean the, the forwards depth on Toronto is where you can see their edge I know the top line is absolutely loaded for Boston uh, and that's probably why I'm gonna end up picking them but once you if, if Matthews no matter who he's with, uh, can do a decent job, come close to breaking even against the Bergeron line. You can see the edge with Kadri, JVR, Bozak coming through a little bit. Um, Anderson was awesome in the playoffs last year against Washington. Um, You know, Tuka Rask had his ups and downs before. But for me, I'm leaning Boston because that top line is just so amazing their power play is very good in its own right. And I don't really trust Toronto's defense to limit the, the good shots, Uh, you know, the high quality highly, you know, in the slot shots. I think Boston will be able to get to their spots and uh, as good as the least top line generally is the, the Boston line has been the best line in hockey. You know, honestly, like, could we? I mean, we could just mention quick, like how bad was that Boston loss on Sunday when Florida had nothing to play for? That's awful. Like, not first off, you get to play Toronto instead of New Jersey, which is brutal. But then if you do win, you get you give up home ice against Tampa. That's just brutal. But um, I expect a very close series, you know, in terms of goals. I don't expect many blowouts. Um, the Leafs have had Boston summer this year. They are a very good team. Like I said, it really is a shame that they have to play each other already. But um, I don't. Know, I'll let you go now because I've been rambling for a little bit. But this, yeah, it's really just they have more depth on the blue line, I think, and their top guys are just as good as Toronto's. And I mean, that top line is just ridiculous. I can't get over how good that line has been this year when all three of them were healthy.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um that's going to be tough for Toronto. If they, Toronto is the biggest loser in this playoff format. I, I think we can agree yeah, on this.
1: Yeah, there's no way around. Um, like it. I mean, Minnesota takes takes a beating too, but you know, Minnesota without Sutter, it's like that. That's probably what they deserve. You know, you know what I mean. If their team was healthy, that would be. It's a brutal beat for Minnesota too, but Toronto especially. Yeah,
0: I just. That's so hard for Toronto. Like Boston's such a tough matchup. Um I almost expect this to go to seven games. It to me, that like this is these will be must watch games. Oh yeah. Um and thankfully none of them are on the golf channel. <laughs> um I, I do think Like Toronto absolutely has a shot in this series, and it just comes down to can they exploit when Zdeno Chara is on the ice, and can they just skate around him? The problem is Boston will just have Charlie McAvoy back there or some other defenseman that actually has speed to cover for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably their best guy.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll have somebody else back there to match the speed. And Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak are so good. That it, to me Toronto's defense, I don't think has the answer for them. And no, probably not. And I, mean, I think a game seven in Boston, like it's gonna be really hard for Toronto to win that. But I mean, so I like Boston in seven. Like I do think it goes to a game seven. To me, this is the problem with putting this one here is. All th- the th- this and then the next two matchups we'll talk about to me are all like game seven written all over it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'd probably say Boston and six, but I don't feel good about that. You know, I don't. I've been picking a few too many matchups. Probably that the the team closes it on the road. Like I, I did, I do want to say like I talked about. You know, Toronto's depth. You know, that's where they could try to find an edge. It's not like Boston has bad depth. I mean, you got back Nash Krejci. Uh, Heinen, Debrusque, Donato, like their depth is very good too, but I just think, you know, if you're Toronto, you realistically, you can't expect to come out ahead uh, with Matthews. Assuming Matthews matches up against Bergeron, you really can't expect to win that matchup. You got to come as close to breaking even as you can. Um, yeah, getting power plays is really going to drive everything here because Toronto's power play is so damn good and boston did have the third best penalty kill in the league and it was expected to be number one based on you know shots where they came from everything but at the same time you know (laughs) toronto's power play is so damn good that it might not even matter how good your penalty kill is Uh, who does win that battle between power you know who gets more power plays because you know boston was fourth on the season they were fourth over the last 25 games too so well, they're clicking on both special teams units. It's just a very good all-around team. I, I mean, I do. Do you? I kind of. I was gonna say. Do you think Anderson is an, has an edge over Rask? I I do a little bit actually. I think Anderson had a very very good year. Like there was that stretch in the first half of the year, especially when Matthews was out, that they weren't playing well, and Anderson was really stealing a bunch of games for
0: them. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Frederick Anderson versus Tuka Rask. I give the edge to Rask, but not by as much as I think people think. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, like, it's going to be a really close series. I, I think it goes seven. You think Boston six, but, like. Yeah, I don't feel strong- strongly about It's it. like- hard to be completely confident in it. I just think a game seven in Boston, like. And again, no matter what dirty shit Marshawn does, because let's call for what it is, he will do there will be at least one play this postseason where Marshawn does something incredibly dirty and the NHL won't suspend him. Yeah, no, probably not. The only way it works is if they somehow suspend him for a game, then all of a sudden this series is turned on its head.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure. I I mean a month ago I would have felt really strongly about Boston, but you know, the way Toronto finished you know, they finished 16, 7 and 2. So I'm going back even further. But over that stretch, they didn't get good goaltending. Um, I'm looking I just had it. Um yeah, since the trade deadline, Anderson had an 896 save percentage. I, I expected to be better, but they were they were still winning, even that was even though that was the case. And you know, two was a nine oh eight after the trade deadline. So, you know, if that holds, we're talking about another series that's gonna have a ton of goals. I think we're gonna see that anyway. But, you know, Boston is pretty good at shutting things down and slowing down the game if they can. So, I mean, a hot Anderson is capable of stealing the series. The Toronto team was very overmatched last year against Washington, and he got them the six, and they they were very close to winning a couple of the other games. So, you know, that would be your hope as a Toronto fan. Again, you got screwed with the format. Boston got screwed. Tampa got screwed that they got to play one of you in the next round. Again, hopefully two of the biggest markets getting screwed will actually lead to the NHL change in their format because it's just so bad.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so the next series in terms of close – like these next two are going game seven, I think. Um,
1: and- I do too. I mean, I think a lot of people – a lot of people like the Ducks more than I do against the Sharks
0: so like let's do that one now just because you already mentioned it uh sharks ducks classic pacific division playoff matchup it's gonna be ugly it's going to be physical um we're going to have at best inconsistent goaltending i think well Um, see well see that's the thing like a lot of people you know John Gibson's been really
1: damn good this year and a lot of the problem is he just leaves games he was missing a lot of time um, i think that's where they have their one edge in the series is Gibson he's i think he does belong in like that elite category with how he's played this year um, actually based on game score he's the number 1 goalie uh, this year which obviously says a ton now if you look at the matchup, you know, the Sharks won 3-1, and one, but it doesn't really tell you much because the Ducks were a corpse the first half of the year. It was honestly amazing they held on as long as they did. But at the same time, the Sharks are just a very good team. Um, Kane has fit in very well. The Ducks aren't a great possession team. They never have been When the, you know with Randy Carlisle as their coach. But they have the top-end talent to, to overcome that. I mean, the studs in this matchup are are great. I mean, Raquel has come along. Silverberg, laugh I mean, I don't even consider Perry and Kessler in the elite category anymore, but they're not far off. And, you know, for the Sharks, Kachur had a very good year. Pavelski, obviously, you know, Hurdle. Timo Meyer. I mean, there, there's some nice depth on both of these sides. Um, the blue lines are very stacked, I think, especially, you know, the top three of uh Ole-Mentz and Montour for Anaheim. Maybe they'll get Fowler back at some point. Uh, Brent Burns, obviously, and Vlasic. Like, this is a super interesting series to me, and my first thought was I was going to pick the Sharks for the upset, but the more time went on, I, I, I'm leaning more Ducks now, just because I think Gibson does give them a little bit of an edge and they have home ice but I have like next to no feel in the series uh, the athletic has it as, uh the ducks are 50 or uh, yeah ducks are 58 percent to win sure I could see you know that sounds probably about right but again I have no confidence in the series at all
0: yeah it's a it's a very interesting series it'll be all late night games it'll be all games that you're gonna have to have your 8 30 pm coffee to stay up for they're like they're gonna be physical like there's no way about like avoiding that like the ducks in the playoffs are just the we're going to wear you down we're going to like f- like hit you through the boards in the playoffs and it's worked for how many years now? Like how many years do the ducks keep getting through the first and second rounds of the playoffs? Like they keep getting there. Um, well, I mean, here.
1: I mean, here's a question: Who has the edge at five on five? Because I really don't know. I
0: have no. I it's a toss like, up. I think yeah, they're that, about I mean, that, even.
1: That's the that's the problem here. Like Anaheim generally does well there. In terms of goals, even though they don't have the best possession, so I think the Sharks are probably going to have more of the scoring chances, but but I don't know if that's going to actually translate into anything. Um, you know, on special teams, they were the Sharks had the fourth best penalty differential, and the Ducks were dead last. Uh, I don't know how this is possible, but the Ducks took sixty more penalties than they had power plays this year, which is absolutely insane. If that holds, you know that's a reason to like the Sharks right there. Um, But again, it's tough. Where I've never been a big Martin Jones guy, and you know he did get them to the cup a couple years ago, and he played very well. But I do think Gibson is a tier above him, and that's pretty tough. You know, in one series, the better goalie a lot of the time is going to come through. But again if the Sharks get a few extra power play goals because of the penalty differential, you know, this is so razor thin to me. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to judge this one. It's just so close.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think the penalty differential for me doesn't make the biggest difference um, because we all know, like, it's an untold, it's like the worst kept secret. Whistles choke up. In the postseason. Yeah. Like, they don't call as much shit in the postseason. So, a lot of those penalties on Anaheim probably aren't being called in this series. Like, yeah, I mean, they definitely are a team that,
1: you know, <laughs> grabs and does a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, and the, the refs, I think, are going to be a little bit hesitant to call that stuff. So, I like Anaheim in seven, mainly because they're just playing at yeah. home. But it's That's a very, probably. very toss-up series. I, I would pick the same. I don't... I'm 100% with you there. I mean, <laughs>
1: I think this is the series most likely to see, so like a brawl or just some really bad blood. Like when Anaheim loses a game bad at the end, they're scum. Like there's no way around it. It happened for the last decade almost. It happened like three times against Nashville in the conference finals last year, where at the end of the game they were losing. Perry Kessler just scummed somebody. You know, like there is potential in the series to get ugly in that regard. I don't... I mean, I'm sure it'll happen elsewhere, you know, Boston, Toronto, but I don't think we're going to see too many... too much shenanigans. I mean, I guess Vegas, too, if Ryan Reeves fucking plays, but um, I think we could see some
0: real hatred by the end of this duck series. But, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um... This is one of the two series which will feature a game four on the Golf Channel. Um, is, the other one was Game Four of Tampa and New Jersey. This just blows my mind. I mean,
1: that just shows you how much NBC like cares about hockey. Yeah, that they.
0: i t- like. We said it before. Like, I think it was in the off season or like beginning of the season. The uh, the right now the NHL has an exclusive rights deal with NBC. I can almost guarantee you that it will not be an exclusive rights deal. I uh, I think their partnership ends in 2020, Their their current contract ends in 2020. I do not see it being an exclusive rights deal anymore. I, I don't see if it is, the owner should just get rid of Batman immediately. Um, <laughs> I mean, in, fa- fa- in fact, They should have gotten rid. <laughs> right, they, they should have done it. Like, there's a million reasons to get rid of Gary Batman. Not only do I think if, I'll be honest, I don't even think it gets. If he if Batman comes to that agreement, I don't think the owners approve it. Yeah, I don't um, it, th- there was an interesting uh, dynamic, uh, Ed Snyder the late owner of the flyers was the was like the chairman or he had a majority stake in Comcast. If I'm remembering this right, um, someone in the comment section could correct me on this. If I'm missing some of the minor details, but, and Comcast owns NBC. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like an, not insider dealing, but it was like, Hey, like, I have this major network that can host all of our games. Let's do that. And that was when Ed Snyder was still alive. That deal was brokered in, I believe, 2010 because it was a 10-year deal. Ed Snyder has since passed. I don't think you're going to see the same love for uh, NBC that you, that you saw ten years or 8 years ago. And by the time twenty those negotiations would have to be around like twenty nineteen season they'd have to start back up but um anyways, so the last series to me, this is the series that I am the most I'm the most looking forward to this series because i don't I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to get. All right, so Washington-Columbus. Yeah. So right. five on
1: five-on-five, I think I think Columbus is clearly better than Washington, um, almost by any metric, honestly. So where does Washington have an edge? Well, they're so good on both special teams, and, and Columbus is, to be blunt, horrible. Um, they were finished uh, 25th power play in the season Columbus, 28th in expected goals. 27th on the penalty kill, 26th in expected goals. And it wasn't any better down the stretch. Yes, their power play was 11th over the last 25 games, but expected 27th. Uh, penalty kill was 20th and 23rd. So their their special teams are really bad. Like There's no way around it. And Washington has a very good power play, and they generate a lot on the power play. So that is your hope. Washington is that your power play just crushes, and it's it's certainly possible. Um, over the last 25 games, Washington was a little bit better on 5-on-5, five five. Um, but for the full season, 23rd in Corsi, 25th in expected goals, where Columbus was 8th in Corsi, 7th in expected goals. Um, they score more goals than Washington does. They give up less goals than Washington does. Every, everything really says the 5-on-5 five five, that Columbus is the much better team and obviously most of the games played at 5-on-5 five five, so that's a, a tough thing to make up but I keep going back to the power play and just think that there's going to be some games where Washington just goes 2-for-5 and, and that's really all, you know, all, all it's really going to take um, they're still a good team they're Washington. They're just not as good as they've been in the past. Um, you know, this series, the more I think about it, the more it kind of reminds me of Chicago-Nashville from last year. And I do think there is some chance that Columbus could be this year's Nashville and make a run. You have that elite top pair. They don't have two pairs like Nationals, but they have that elite top pair. They have one very good forward or elite forward in Panarin and then very good depth after that. And you have Bob, who I would take, you know, I know he hasn't had real playoff success. I would probably take him over any other goalie if I had a choice. So, they have that going for him. I do applaud um, Trotz's decision to go with Grubauer. He's just had a much better year than Holtby. I mean, I think that's probably worth talking about. I'll let you talk about it because it was a bit surprising still to see it because of Holtby's track record, but he he's just was bad this year. There's no way around it. And I mean, a 907-state percentage after years of being 920, 925. It's just, it's, who would have said before the year that Volpe would be benched for the playoffs? I mean, I never would have crossed my mind.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like they're just riding the hot goalie. Like playoff success wise, in terms of playoff performance, Holtby has actually been better than Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Like everyone says, oh Washington can't win. Man, it was not about Holtby. Like Holtby was not the reason Washington has been bounced in the second round in the last five years in the playoffs. Like Holtby has been really good. He's not starting game one, um, but I, I just think. I think there's something about this Washington team. I, I can't put my finger on it. There's just something about this team, um, that just says like it's like what uh, San Jose was two years ago, or was it two or three years ago?
1: Uh, when they made the cup, yeah, it
0: was. Yeah. It was I, it's I, just this whole like everyone thinks that we're done. Like everyone thinks that we don't have it anymore that our windows closed. Oh, by the way, here's our run. And Ovechkin has been amazing this year. Uh Backstrom has been very good this year. Uh Kuznetsov is coming into his own. Burakovsky's there. Oshie has actually come back from the dead in this uh like last 2 months. Um it, and so. I just and John Carlson is a number 1 defenseman. Like right i it comes down to can columbus exploit the the lack of depth on the washington blue line
1: right yeah i mean that's where i was i was wanted to go next i mean since they got Vanek, and he's been playing with lundberg and jenner um they've been great they've outscored team 17 of four in the 152 minutes they've been together and they they just do very well getting to the high danger areas. They're out shooting the other teams 38-23 there, and out scoring them 10 to one. I mean, if, if Vanek's in close, he's he's scoring like he's just outstanding in that regard. And and Wenberg uh, is a terrific passer. You know, Jenner's doing the hard work. Um, you know that would be a, one clear edge for them. But, you know, again, I talked about Columbus has the edge for sure at even strength, and I I stand by that, but. They don't have an elite number one center, Columbus, and Washington has two of them, and that that is pretty tough for them to deal with. Um, Washington, you know, they're like you said, the depth is gutted compared to the past, but they still have all the stars. Um, you know, if if Oshie gets, you know, stays back on track, you, you got four studs um, between Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, um, and then you, you probably need one of burakovsky or varana to step up i think and then you have yourself a a decent chance Uh, you know i the top pair on columbus is amazing but after you get past them it's pretty ugly Uh, again we're you know with washington carlson's elite orloff and niskanen solid behind them Uh, i think you are going to see Kepney stick with Carlson. Do you think so, too? I think so. Keep Orloff and in together. And I think that makes some sense. So whichever line for Washington, I mean, I assume they're going to try to get Jones and Wierenski again, so as much as possible. So their second line needs to take advantage of Savard and Cole or Murray or Nudavara, however they want to set that up that i could see being an edge for washington is not in terms of like shots at five on five but in terms of generating high quality chances um i flip-flopped on this a few times i'm actually going to say columbus wins in seven in washington but i don't feel good about it at all Um, washington was three and one in the head-to-head during the season but the goals are break even in let's see Columbus had 77 more shot attempts over those four games. I mean, they're going to dominate the the shots. But, again, Washington's the type of team when you have that high-end talent that it, it almost doesn't matter because, you know, they can just score on a whim. I mean, they can score three goals on 20 shots even against Bob. Um, man, I, I just this is a tough one for me. I,
0: <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is not going to be, this is going to be, I think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic matchup. I like Washington in seven. I could see it being in six if Columbus gets, um, like, if they get, if Washington gets two quick goals in, in a game six, I could see Columbus just losing it almost um, in terms of, like, mentality-wise losing it, and then Washington just keeps pouring it on when I look at this Washington lineup and this roster, am I crazy? I think it looks a lot like what Pittsburgh had the last couple of years, where you have like you have the two like elite centers in Backstrom and Kuznetsov. They're not obviously not Malkin and Crosby, but all four of those players are elite. You have Ovechkin, which is an elite left winger. You have Burakovsky, which is a very good left winger. You still have Oshie, who's been playing amazing the past month on the right wing. And you don't have... And, like, Lars Eller and Jacob Vrana are not, like, no-skill players. Like, they still have some skill. And you have Tom Wilson, who somehow has a playoff clutch gene. I don't know how, but he does. He's also a former first-round pick, so it's sort of expected. You have your number one in Carlson, and then you have Orlov and Niskanen, who are two very good defensemen on your second pair to match up, like...
1: Yeah, it's not it's not far off. I mean, I guess you know Eller is a step behind Bonino is your third center. Otherwise, it's not it's not too much different, honestly. Like it, I mean, compared to him now, where they don't have you know Brassard makes a big difference for sure. And in that series, you you need your goaltending edge, whether you know it's Grubauer or Bob, whoever comes through, uh, to have the big edge over Murray. But yeah, I, I can see the I could see the comparison in that regard. Uh, again, I don't I, th- I don't think they can play Orpik as much as you know he's averaged 17 minutes a game. That's you can't do that not in this series. Columbus is pretty relentless. Their top nine is just strong. No matter how they how they set it up, uh, I think both fourth lines are really bad. Yes, like, so which team doesn't get their fourth line stuck out there at all is going to help, or if those two go against each other, could one of them somehow find a goal somewhere Uh, could really make a difference. I mean, I guess, you know, Chandler Stevenson or Jason, someone like that, or or Calvert or what test do you get? If you find a goal from one of them somewhere, that's obviously a, a huge boost. Like, you know Columbus takes a lot of chances because they have Bob. So can Washington counter and you know, score on some of their chances too? And it's a super uh, interesting, you know, matchup. How much does Trotz try to get Ovechkin away from Jones and Morinsky? Does he care? Is he fine with the second line having a big edge instead? How many minutes do we see them play? I mean Jones is. Average is only twenty three point seven. Moransky twenty point eight. I mean, I think that those numbers got to go way up. I think if I'm Washington, I'm playing their their top two pairs fifty minutes. I don't want to see Orpik play more than ten minutes, and most of that on the penalty kill. So, man, like I, I like I said, I flip flopped on this a bunch. Like I said, I favor the top two. Blue Jackets defensemen, but I think as a whole, their defensive groups are fairly even. I think the forward groups, I like Comis's depth a little more, but obviously, there's more top end guys on Washington. You know, it's how close can Grubauer beat a Bob? I mean, over the last three years, in terms of uh, what we call Delta save percentage, so what the goalie saves. Compared to what he shouldn't in terms of where the shots come from and expected goals, Rubauer is the number one goalie in the league, and Bob was, I believe, number four, and it wasn't a big difference between them. These are two of the best goalies. It might not look like it based on, you know, the names, but for my money, this is actually like the best goaltending matchup in the first round. So, oh, man, <laughs> this—I'm really excited for this one because. Like you said, I kind of have this weird feeling that Washington is written for dead and uh, they can finally make a run. And at the same time, I do see the comparisons from uh, Columbus to last year's Nashville team and think that they have the
0: ability to make a run. Yeah. Uh, again, I agree. So, But I also like Washington in seven. Or I think it can go six, but I think it'll be seven regardless. Yeah, uh, like, I, to me, th- this is the closest series in my mind.
1: Yeah, I like, guess the Athletic has it 56% for Columbus, actually. Um, but that is the closest of all of them. Uh, like I said, 58 for the Ducks was uh, the next closest one. Um, actually, I think Vegas was the same. Uh, double-checking now. Vegas was 56 So They think Vegas series and... Uh, the Columbus series are the two closest ones. I can can get behind that. I feel like it's you know Nashville, uh, Tampa, and Winnipeg are kind of in a class of their own. I think Winnipeg is third from that group uh, in terms of likely to win, just because I think Minnesota is better than those other teams, even without Sutter. After that, I'd probably go Pittsburgh and then rank in the other four in terms of likelihood. I mean, I don't know. I'd probably say... Boston, Kings, Ducks, Blue Jackets. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's four pretty clear favorites. Uh, I think Boston is a small favorite. And then the other three, I, I don't know, man. Like I'm excited for a lot of these other matchups. But um, anything else you want to add? I did set up a, a bracket challenge for anyone listening Ooh. to hear this in time. Uh, the link will be uh, the second post on uh, hockey.rasball.com. Uh, just at NHL.com. Should be super straightforward to to get there. Uh, I remember last year, Quick Sycamore won because he picked Penguins. I had Nashville, so it looked like I had a decent chance. So I was the only one who had Nashville uh, making it out of the first round even and uh, making the cup, but not having the cup winner just does not so
0: yeah just like with the ncaa tournament pretty much the winner is right. the winner of the bracket absolutely has to get the national champion right so yeah well 80 percent of the time if not more unless no one in your but, like in your pool pick the, pick winner. the winner
1: yeah right all right right um
0: Anything else you want to add, Reed, before we wrap no, this up? No, I, no, I think that's it. I, I don't think we're going to do a three-point challenge just because no, no, there's no. not enough games. And really hard to get three points in a game in the playoffs. Like, again, it's a different animal. This is – this; these are the best playoffs in sports. So, like, um, this is coming out on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, i will putting this up right away.
0: So. Yeah, so, like, Philly-Pittsburgh I think is going to be a great game. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stay up all the way through Vegas and uh, L.A. because that is late, ten o'clock start. But yeah, Philly pit,
1: I have I have to see how things look the first uh, the first home game and, home, in Vegas,
0: oh, in Vegas. It's gonna a, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a oh, it's going to be amazing. I mean,
1: another side note, quick: why are there three games today and five tomorrow?
0: Hey, man, yeah, it's, it's the NHL. They got it figured out. Why figure is it, it
1: not 4-4? Because then it's some, someone has a series where they end up having two days off then, and it all gets back. But it's, it's, come on, have four games a day. This isn't hard. Also, start one of them at 7.30. There's two 7 o'clock starts tonight. The Jets game and the Penguins game start at the same time.
0: You start one at seven thirty oh. so that when the one goes to intermission you can flip over to the other yeah, one. Exactly. I mean And I you know. can avoid Mike Milberry.
1: Oh god. I can't believe that they're actually having him in the booth. I mean I can't believe it because it's NBC. It's just infuriating.
0: Yep. Uh, reason number about eighteen why NBC should lose their exclusive rights or not, it should not be renewed.
1: I just wish they could who are as good at, at hockey as they are with their soccer coverage but we've talked about that enough yeah so but to wrap this up here
0: yeah um that'll be it for us if you, oh, you have any yeah. comments yeah, uh amazing. please post
1: yeah we'll probably come back in two weeks and look at the look at the next, the next rounds matchups
0: so yeah see how we did in predicting
1: yeah as far as posts go it's gonna be sparingly for me now i am gonna try to put together a uh, way to really top fifty that I'll probably be out. I'm gonna say end of next week, so something around uh, April 20th. Look for that to be out, and then you know throughout the summer, I'll be like sleeper post I will do a draft recap, a free agency recap. So I'm not <laughs> not gonna disappear, but like I said, at this point for the next four months, it's gonna be more. You know the occasional podcast, the occasional post, but you can still reach out in the comment section, at dot I get notified and eat by an email when someone posts, so I'll get that right away. You can find me at or on Twitter at, at @resballviz. You can find me at, at @reedcash with the K seventeen. And that's all. That's all I got for now. Like I said, we'll we'll plan on being back in uh, probably two weeks.
0: Yeah, after the first round's over, we'll take a look, see what happened, see what we got wrong.
1: Right. <laughs> so. Probably. Just cause they're, they're coin flips in all honesty.
0: Yeah, when the Devils went in five, we'll just be How like, what kids? the fuck happened?
1: How many did we end up picking different? Was it just the Columbus series? or was... Um... We both took the Kings.
0: We both took the Ducks.
1: Yeah, so that was it then.
0: Yeah, so we'll see. All right, take care, everyone.
1: Take it easy, everybody.